following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us today on the show. Oh, my gosh, I have so much I want to talk about. With the story that we're going to dig into today in Mark chapter 5, it is about the woman with the issue of blood. Um, This story, even though it has kind of a weird title, (laughs) it is such a cool story in the Word, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Um, There's so many things that I love about it, per usual. I just love the Word. (laughs) But um, there's just some great some great stuff in the story about miracles and um, believing God and pressing through for what you are asking God for and what you need in your life. So if you'll um, dig in with me, we'll just get started right away. We're going to be in Mark chapter five. We're going to start with verse 21. Um, and while you're getting turned there in your Bible or your Bible app, one thing about this story that really stands out to me, first of all, is her story, this woman who had been sick for 12 years with hemorrhaging is what it is. Um, it's told in three out of the four gospels. So right there, that tells me that this is a big deal to God because he mentions it or he has the writer mention it. Um, he has Mark mention it. Matthew talks about it. And Luke also talks about it. So um, my favorite telling of the story, though, in detail is going to be out of Mark. So that's what we're going to read it from today. Mark chapter five. So um, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, Mark chapter five, verse 21. After Jesus returned from across the lake, a huge crowd of people quickly gathered around him on the shoreline. Just then a man saw that it was Jesus. So he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jarius, a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus, saying over and over, Please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death, and she's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hands on her and heal her, and she will live. Jesus went with him, and the huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from all sides. Now in that crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if only I could touch his clothes, I know I'll be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him and passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. 
But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who had experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, and threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. Okay, so that's Mark chapter 5, 21 through 34. And like I said, there's so many cool things in this story. Um, Obviously, the most obvious thing is this woman got her miracle. She got her miracle from Jesus. Think about it. She had been suffering for 12 years with this chronic condition. Um, she had, It says in the text that she had gone to many doctors. She had spent all of her money. You know, I'm sure she got her hopes up every single time she went to a new doctor and they had a new treatment, you know, um, something that they believed was going to work for her. And every single time she spent her money, went to the doctor, and she actually got worse is what the text tells us. And so that's I'm sure that was super discouraging for her, you know, to spend all that money and to put her hopes in those doctors and still not get well. Um, you know, years ago, I have my own miracle story I want to share with you guys. I had been having tons of problems with my stomach. And um, it was actually like an intestinal thing. I could not digest my food right. I was in pain all the time. I would be hungry and I would go ahead and eat, but then I would get full super quick and I would feel really sick and, you know, not to be TMI, but I mean, I was literally in the restroom all the time. I could not keep anything in. I was, I was really, really sick and, um, my stomach was bloated. I was uncomfortable. I was running a fever. Um, I went to the doctors. They thought I had the flu. Then they thought I had a stomach flu. Um, then they thought I had IBS. Like it was all these things and I was just sick and I was so miserable and um, one night it got really bad, and I actually passed out from dehydration and from the pain. Like, I can't even tell you guys. People that deal with chronic pain know what I'm talking about, but sometimes the pain is so bad that you will literally pass out, and that's what happened to me, and my husband had to take me to the emergency room in the middle of the night. And I remember being in a room. They put me, you know, in a room to be seen by a doctor, and, and the doctor came in and took a bunch of tests. But I was kind of, you know, when you're dehydrated and you're in a lot of pain and you're really sick, you're kind of in and out of it, you know, consciousness. And that's how it was for me. And, um, I remember the doctors coming in and saying to me in the middle of the night, we think that you have Crohn's disease. And I was like, what? And, and they're like, yeah, this usually gets diagnosed, um, when you're really young, but I think the doctors have missed it. We think that you've had it for a long time. We did a, um, MRI and, um, your intestines are literally, they are, they're super swollen to like three times their size. And also they look shredded from the damage of the Crohn's disease. And, um, you know, we can treat you, but there's no cure for Crohn's disease. We can, you'll be taking steroids. Um, we'll give you medicine for it, but you're going to be dealing with this disease for the rest of your life. There's certain things you won't be able to eat, but most of all, you'll be, you know, I think they told me I would be taking, um, like eight pills five times a day or something crazy like that. It was going to be all this, all this medicine and all this um, treatment for the symptoms and to keep the Crohn's at bay. So this was, you know, like I said, the middle of the night, and this was a shock to me and my husband. 
And I just remember feeling so scared and just knowing that I did not want to live my life sick like this anymore. But I also didn't want to live my life um, having to watch what I ate. But more than anything, taking all that medicine every day. Just the thought of that was so depressing and so discouraging to me. And I was so, I don't know, I guess just really heartbroken in that hospital room. And you guys, I remember this lady coming in, this nurse. And she was the most beautiful African-American lady to this day I think I've ever seen. She was just stunning, and she just had this glow about her and this peace that she carried. And she came in, and she said, um, what did the doctor say? And I told her what they said. And she said, well, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And she said, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, well, yeah. And she said, do you believe that he has the power to heal you? And I said, yeah. I mean, I've read the Bible. Like, I, I believe it. And she said, well, I believe that too. And I would love to pray with you that he would heal you right now and you wouldn't have to deal with this. I'm going to pray for a miracle. Will you believe with me for a miracle? And you guys, I was so out of it. I was so sick. I was in so much pain. They had given me some stuff um, to help with the inflammation, but the pain was still pretty intense. And I was like, yes, you know, I was desperate. I was desperate for a miracle. And I was like, I'll believe with you. And that woman prayed with me and I like to tell my friends, like, it was one of those pray heaven prayer, you know, pray heaven down prayers. It was just like, Jesus, we believe you. Come and heal us. We need you. And it wasn't a fancy prayer. She didn't use fancy words. She just prayed with a passion and a belief like I've never heard before. And um, you guys, this was a long time ago. This was probably over a decade ago that all this happened. And I still, even as I'm telling you right now, I can see it in my mind. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And she prayed this beautiful prayer with me and, and she blessed me and she left the room and I never saw her again, but I started getting better over the next few days. There were huge improvements. The doctors were able to release me from the hospital. A couple of weeks later, my, um, gastrointestinal surgeon guy that had seen me in the hospital had me come in for a checkup and they did another MRI and he called me into his office and he's like, Carla, I don't know what's going on, but your intestines look totally different from the two weeks ago when we took those first pictures. And I was like, that's awesome. And he said, yeah, it's really crazy. I've never heard of this happening, but, um, literally half of your intestines are completely healed and look brand new. And the other, he goes, and there's like a line and the other half, you know, still look like the original pictures. He said, so I don't know what you're doing. And I said, well, I know what it is. I mean, people are praying for me. I'm believing God for a miracle. And he's like, okay, well, whatever that is that you're doing, keep doing it because you are halfway there. You, your intestines look brand new and I've never seen that happen. And he's, I said, so would you say that's a miracle? And he goes, yeah, I guess I would have to say that's a miracle. I've never seen that. And you guys it intended, intended to improve so much. So over the next few weeks that they didn't even diagnose me with Crohn's on, you know, like your insurance and all that stuff. Once they diagnose you with that and they call it that it, it follows you the rest of your life with your insurance and everything. So he said, I can't even in good faith, write that down as your diagnosis because I don't think you have it anymore. So to this day, because I believe that woman prayed for me and I pressed into God for a miracle, I received a miracle and I do not have Crohn's disease or any of the symptoms thereof. I'm completely healed and I'm so grateful. And, you know, I just want to say that's my miracle story. It, it doesn't just happen in the Bible. It happens in real life, too. 
And in our text that we're speaking of today from, from Mark five, you know, another thing that, that really stands out to me is like what I said, you know, Jarius and the woman with this chronic issue of hemorrhaging blood, they both pressed through the crowd to reach Jesus. There were a ton of people around him and both of them had to press through the crowd to get to him. You know, sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to press through, you know, I had to sit in that hospital room with that lady who, you know, quite possibly to this day, I'm like, was she an angel or was she real? You know, I don't know. Um, but I had to sit there and believe with her and pray in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my symptoms and circumstances and as hopeless and discouraged as I was. And I asked Jesus to heal me despite what the doctors were saying, despite what they were trying to diagnose me with, despite even the way you guys, I felt like it was real. I was dealing with all those symptoms. I asked God to heal me. I had to press through all that junk to get to him and ask him to heal me. And, you know, there's so many examples in the gospels, of people seeking Jesus out for their physical healing, you know, not just Jarius and the woman with the issue of blood, but you know, there's the lepers there's the Roman centurion soldier whose servant was sick and came to God and, and Jesus and asked to be for his servant to be healed. You know, there's the father of the boy with epilepsy who kept throwing himself into the fire. You know, all these people came to Jesus and believed him, pressed through the crowds of people that were following him to be healed. And sometimes it's about that asking. It's about that pressing through. You know, at least it has been for me. You know, the other issue that I deal with that's my chronic condition to this day, Jesus healed me of the Crohn's diagnosis. But the other thing that I deal with in my physical health is I have some spinal um, deformities and conditions. I have spondylolisthesis, which is a lower back spinal um, degenerative disease. It, it also can't be healed. You know, doctors can operate and do back surgery and, and put screws and pins in me. They've been wanting to do that surgery since I was in my twenties. So for many years now, a couple of decades, I've been dealing with chronic low back and spine pain and, and neck pain, you know, that just goes along with that. But I know God's going to heal me. I believe God for my healing, just like he did before. I know my healing is coming and the way that I press through for that. Um, is I go up at church whenever they offer altar ministry and they say, come, if you need, you know, healing in your body, come, let us pray for you. I go up every time when I'm visiting a church, when I'm ministering at an event, I'll ask the, the leaders at that event and the people at that event, will you please stand in faith with me and pray for my healing for my back? And, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. Sometimes my friends, because they love me and they care about me and, and they're worried about my heart, you know, they're like, aren't you worried that you're going to be discouraged if you keep asking. And I'm like, no, because I believe that the word says, keep asking, keep seeking and God will answer. And I know my healing is coming, but I have to press through. I have to refuse to fall into hopelessness from my chronic condition. I have to keep believing. And I think that's one of the things that we need to remember is just to keep pressing through. Another thing that I want to point out from the story is, you know, this woman is miraculously healed, but then Jesus says to her, you know, he says, who touched me? He doesn't let her just like sneak away with her healing. She knew she was instantly healed, but he doesn't just let her sneak away. He says out loud publicly, who touched me? And one thing that we have to keep in mind about the story is in their culture, she was considered unclean because of Levitical laws that it mentions. If you want to look it up in Leviticus 15, um, 
She couldn't enter the temple. She couldn't worship with everybody. Just think about it. You can't go to church. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't be in public with anybody. You have to be separated from your husband and your family because when you are, when there's any blood, you're considered to be unclean. So she was a, for sure an outcast in her community, but not just that. She was an outcast in her own home. You know, she couldn't be with people because of this chronic health condition. So by having her come forward and publicly testify to her healing, Jesus was making sure the entire community knew that she was no longer considered to be ceremonial unclean. You know, um, it tells us in Mark five thirty three that verse says that she told her whole story. He had her tell everyone. And what I love about that is, you know, Jesus wanted to make sure she was covered right in her neighborhood. He wanted to make sure everybody knew that, okay, this woman was dealing with this issue, but she's healed now and you need to welcome her back in. You need to remove all the shame and the condemnation and any outcast attitude in your mind that you have towards her. Um, it says in revelations 12, I believe. Yeah. twelve eleven, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. So I think that Jesus was also modeling the importance and the power in sharing our own testimonies of the healing power of Jesus to others to bring glory to God. You know, I don't know if you heard the show where I talked about um, the importance of telling your story and sharing your testimony. Um, You can catch that at carlaswanigan.com. We have archives of past shows and podcasts. We have links to all of that. You can go to our YouTube channel, Carla Swanigan Ministries. And we also have this always put on our iTunes podcast, Carlos Wanigan Ministries and carloswanigan.com. But I tell the story in that show about how I went to the Philippines to um, do an outreach in a vacation Bible school in an orphanage. But one of the girls on my trip that went with us was impacted by me sharing my story of what happened to me when I was a little girl and how I'd been molested. And Jesus had healed me of that and healed me of, you know, the lies in my mind that told me I was dirty And that teenage girl heard me testify of the healing power of Jesus. And that set her free from her own history, her own story. And Jesus healed and delivered her because I shared my testimony. So I think that's what I want to reiterate that we can take here from the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus had her come forward, not just to let the community know that she was now clean. He wanted to also show the power of sharing your testimony and who knows who else in that crowd needed healing in their bodies that couldn't touch Jesus, that didn't have the bravery that this woman had to reach out and touch him, but they were healed just by her sharing because it tells us in revelations chapter 12, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And then the last thing that I want to point out from the story, um, about Jesus is in verse 34. So we're still in Mark. Let's go back to Mark chapter five, verse 34. And it says here that Jesus said to her daughter, because you dared to believe your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering because you dared to believe, you know, it goes back to what I said that that night in the hospital, all those years ago, I didn't, I may not even felt like believing because I was so sick and I'd been sick for so long. I'd been in and out of the hospital so much because we couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had to dare to believe the woman also with the issue of blood, dare to believe the promise of God that he is our healer. You know, it, it tells us in, in verse 28 of the story that she reached out and touched his outer garment. What was considered, theologians tell us that it was actually his prayer shawl. So it's the fringe of his garment that she was reaching for. And that's because um, 
It says in Numbers chapter 15, verses 38 through 40, um, it tells us the blue tassel on the corner of his prayer shawl, of all prayer shawls. It was said to symbolize all of the commandments and promises of God. So when she's reaching out to touch that tassel, she's reaching out, claiming the promises of God, that he is our healer. You know, he is, it says in Hebrew, Jehovah Rafi, the God who heals. And we're all called to believe that God is our healer and he wants to heal us. You know, it tells us in Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, Jesus took that beating. He took that flogging. He took those stripes before he went to the cross that day and died for our sins to restore us to the father. He also took that beating for all of our infirmities and diseases. You know, he cares about every detail of our lives. Of course, he cares about our salvation. That's what the crucifixion is all about. But he also cared about our physical bodies, our healings. He cares about every detail. You know, I encourage you guys to press through and share your testimony of all God's already done in your life. Just like this woman, dare to believe him for the impossible. Believe him for your miracle. That's what it's all about, you guys. He's such a good father. You know, he he calls her in that in that last verse there. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. It's super important that he says the word daughter. He didn't just say woman. He said daughter. He was acknowledging her as one of his. He was acknowledging her, what he was saying to her in front of everybody, which was a huge deal because she'd been an outcast for so long. He was saying to her, I see you. I value you. I treasure you. And that's what he's saying to you today. I don't know what physical ailments you're going through. I, um, I can only imagine what you might be dealing with. But I just want to say to you, Jesus cares about you. He sees you. He values you. And like I said, press through. Believe him for your miracle. I believe with you. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for everyone listening, I break off discouragement In the name of Jesus, and I release hope, especially for people that have got these chronic conditions like me and and the woman in our story here today, um, specifically people with chronic uncurable, what they've been told is uncurable diseases and conditions. Specifically, I speak to the uh, miraculous healing of Crohn's disease and spinal problems, um, cancer, all diseases that um, are considered to be uncurable right now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I speak um, miracles. Lord, I pray for signs and wonders to display themselves in these people's lives that are listening. Lord, I pray for the gift of faith to believe you, God, for miracles, to dare to believe the courage, God, to press through, Lord. And I pray for healing in people's hearts like he did for this woman when he called her daughter. Lord Jesus, you acknowledged her in public. You broke off shame, guilt, condemnation, that outcast. Um, stigma that was on her. I pray that people's hearts would be healed, Lord, from any emotional distress that their physical ailments have caused them. God, I pray for your healing power in miraculous ways. I pray all this in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. Show yourself real to them, God. Show yourself real, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I know that he does too. And um, like I said, if you want to hear some of our past shows, I would love it. And if you want to know more about um, this ministry, I would love if you would go to CarlaSwanigan.com, and that is Carla with a K, and look us up and check out our website, see some of the other things. 
that we're doing. Um, check out the Chrysalis House if you've never been to my website. That's something that we're that we're believing God for our own miracle. So go and check that out. And um, also, I'll be speaking soon at the Darling Retreat, which is going to be up in Vail, Colorado. At the Charter Resort, it's open to all ladies. Doesn't matter where you go to church or if you go to church. We would love for you to join us at this event. It's August 18th through the 20th. We still have a few um, slots left. You can register on my website. There's more information about it on my website. And also, I would love to hear from you about the show and what God is doing and how He's moving in your life. Maybe through this show and how we can partner with you in prayer. You can email us at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. You can also connect with us on all social media platforms just by searching Carla Swanigan. And again, that's Carla with a K. And you can find out a lot more about us, but we would love it if you would follow us and stay connected and, and email us at scandalousgrace. We would love to hear from you. And, and I pray for you guys, and I love you, and I hope you'll join us again next week. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit next week. And the truth about the Holy Spirit and some misconceptions about him, too. So that's going to be a fun show as well. So please join us. God bless you guys. I love you. And please remember, let's leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.